Rodgers has it. Gives to Franklin. He no, dies. No, I don't think no, he got it. I no, don't think he got out, it. The ball is out. The Bengals have scooped it up. Bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10-yard line. T. Higgins straight into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. It's a TD. Hello and welcome to episode 148 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. Hello, my name is Paul Hirons. Just when we thought we were turning a corner, we ran straight into a brick wall and that brick wall was named the New York Jets. I can't believe it. I still can't believe it. We were so heavily favoured. Everything and everyone pointed to a Bengals victory and we landed on our asses, Didn't we, Nathan? How is your ass this morning? Well, I tell you what, Sonny, saw like shocking, and it like, <laughs> I mean, I, I was saying to you just before we got on the podcast, like, I was tweeting yesterday when the Bengals scored that touchdown in the fourth quarter, and we took an eleven-point lead. I was tweeting that you know it was nowhere near as bad as people were saying, and the defensive calls three turnovers, the offense did enough when it mattered, and you know you got to win ugly sometimes, and you know we're going to be six and two. What a performance! I can't believe we threw away from there, my son. I really can't. I just I was watching in disbelief. Like I, I slowly sort of got up from the sofa and then I stood on my two feet and then I was just back down to the sofa in absolute dismay at the end there. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't pretty, was it? It was not. It was wholly unexpected and for lots of different reasons, which we'll get into. Um 34-31 was the final score. Um, uh, yeah, I'm still a bit dazed and confused, really, because after playing so well the last couple of games, we played, came out and played really quite poorly in certain phases. And uh, I don't know, the tone seemed to be set pretty early. Jamar Chase dropping a touchdown pass. Joe Mixon not getting in, I think, two goes from the one. Um, it's it, And then Mike White just kind of marching down the field a, a guy that hasn't started an NFL game before. And I must, before we go further and before we rip into the Bengals, because I think we're all kind of quite emotional still. After the, You have to take your hat off to the Jets. They played fantastically well. And we've been in the Jets' position the last couple of years, so we know what, it, what a Herculean effort it is when you've got injuries all over the board, you know, your confidence is super low. It takes such an effort to 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 break through that barrier. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that they're gonna make the playoffs or get a winning record even, but you know, last night they played really, really well. They obviously had a fantastic game plan. They executed really, really well. Some of their key players that were not injured really turned up last night. The defense played great. Some offensive weapons pa- uh, played great and Mike White passed for over four hundred yards. The first quarterback in NFL history who hasn't started a game before uh, getting 400 yards on his debut that's uh, I hate being on the wrong end of records don't you Oh, 100%. But you, you bang on with that praise for the Jets. I mean, sometimes it's easy to just blame yourself and, you you know, you, our players and everything else. And they like absolutely didn't play very well. But you do have to take your hat off to the Jets. They really, I mean, you know, that Mike White first start, 
you know, the guy's a fifth round pick. He, he's not exactly, you know, some sort of golden rookie coming into the league by any means that's sort of highly favoured. And, you know, he was absolutely excellent. Um, 400 yards. I mean, absolutely fantastic. And as much as we look at the Bengals and we say, Corey, you know, it was a really bad performance. You have to tip your hat. They were missing Corey Davis as well. Their defence played really well. They got a turnover when it mattered. And, I mean, also, you've got to take take about seven of your hats off, yeah. Sam, for Michael Carter. I mean, 77 yards on the ground, a touchdown, 5.1 yards average, and then, like, through the air, nine catches for 95 yards. I yeah, mean, he was, yeah. you know, unstoppable to Giza. Um, well, we'll get uh, into it whether he was unstoppable or not. Shall we just get straight into it, Nathan? Let's get into it. Let's, let's dice it up. What are we going to do? Right, yes, we haven't. Oh, yes, let's get to our reaction now you mentioned Michael Carter, the fact they had so many passes out the backfield. Um, Mike White, even though he had a fabulous game, um, you have to say, he didn't complete a pass over ten yards. That's outrageous, isn't it? So what is that telling you about our defensive setup? It's telling you that we allowed the underneath passes and most of those big yards were yards after the catch, uh, which also suggests we didn't tackle very well, which we didn't. Uh, it was just kind of shocking right from the start. I don't, you know, lots of people saying we came out flat. Was the was all this smoke being blown up our arseholes kind of um, getting to us? I'm not sure they did come out to play, but it was just they just weren't quite on it. And I, I don't know, Nathan. I don't know we, what happened. I said I said last week at the back end of the podcast that it's going to be interesting for the Bengals because last week I've never seen so much media attention and general attention on the Bengals. Like the amount of outrageous claims on Twitter, there was Super Bowl <laughs> claims. There's you know every media pundit in the world giving them praise, and you know what? Rightly so. They played excellently, the Bengals, and they got mm. you know a huge win over the Ravens, and you really felt like they were on the the ascendancy, but. Again, you're playing as heavy favourites against the one-win Jets, starting a quarterback who's never started a game before. It was a fifth-round pick last last year. And, I mean, it was the ultimate trap game. The Bengals said they knew it was the ultimate trap game going in. They'd been preparing like it was going to be a trap game. And it was a trap game. And I, I think oh, that's no, the it's like, part. Yeah. How do you keep saying, we know it's a trap game, we know it's a trap game, we're preparing like it's a trap game, Um I think you know they the, those three guys, the three captains, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, and uh, Jesse Bates, who's wearing slippers, which I quite uh, admired, I must say, to the press conference. They all came out together as captains and kind of almost apologised for the performance and took responsibility and accountability and all that kind of stuff. And um, it was like. Mixon has kind of said they came out hungrier than us. They wanted it more than us. Now, I don't know whether that's just a platitude that players say. And, you know, that's yeah. something that fans say a lot. When they can't quite put their finger on what happened, they come out, they trot out these kind of, oh, you know, they didn't, they weren't passionate enough. They weren't hungry enough. They weren't, you know, they didn't want it enough. I don't know. I don't know what that means, of course. But I'm surprised they came out and said that because it's my initial retort to that is like, how can you not match 
the Jets in wanting to win this game. If you'd won this game, you would have stayed atop the AFC seedings. You know what I mean? There was so much to play for. Going, you're, yeah. you know, you're entering a, a critical moment of the season with the Browns coming up, the Raiders away, the Steelers who are playing better. Still don't think they're great, but anyway, the Steelers playing better. They're coming back to Paul Brown Stadium. You're you're facing a really crucial part of the. Uh, the season where most pundits will tell you after the Jets, things will get harder. So there was a hell of a lot to play for. So yep. so with Joe Mixon coming out saying they wanted it more than us, they were hungrier than more than us, I just didn't get that. It was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. Uh, it's a bit of an overused phrase, isn't it? And it doesn't really mean a great deal. Um, I'm sure you know the Bengals players knew it was a huge game for them. I mean... Every win in the NFL, and this is an overused phrase, but every win in the NFL is hugely important. It's so hard to get a win in the NFL, and we've not got an easy game left this season. You know, the Jets, no. was a, if you're going to call it an easy game, was a, certainly one of the easier games, playing a team with one win, like I said, against a um, guy making his first start. The Lions was a fairly um, easy game, if you again, if you want to call it that. Um, but I mean, now, I mean, you look where we are now, the rest of the season, you've got four divisional games against every team in our divisions, a good team. You've got Kansas City, like you said, you've got Oakland, Denver, are quite a plucky team. You, go, you know, they've just lost Von Miller in the last Chargers. hour or two. To the, yeah, Chargers are a very good team. I mean, every game now is going to be difficult. You know, there's not going to be many easy games in there. And I think we're really going to have to sort of knuckle down and, you know, going to have to try and sort of grind them out. There'll be wins in there for us, for sure. But I just think when you've got a game like that against the Jets, you get the perfect opportunity against um, a guy making his first start. That's just one that you've got to win. If, you, if you're if you serious about, you know, people are talking, and we'll get to this as well later, but people are talking about the trade deadline and are we going to go out there and make any, you know, any moves to try and strengthen? I mean, if you like, how serious are you this season? How much do you want to win? Because, I mean, you get a six and two, like you said, you're top of the AFC. I mean, even though it probably feels like a year or maybe even two years too early to be seriously talking about things like the Super Bowl, if you're six and two, eight games in, I mean, you've got all of a sudden start to think quite seriously about this. And I just thought that was a huge missed opportunity after yeah. you've gone and turned over turned over the fridge by beating the Ravens. You know, you no one really expected us to win <laughs> turned that. Turned over huge, the fridge. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase before. That's a good one. <laughs> but no, that's what I mean. It's like you, you've made a real statement and, you know, no one expects it. And then you just go and shit the bed against the Jets. It's frustrating. Two quality phrases in one one, uh, one rant there, Nathan. I like it. Very good. Um, <laughs> but then you look around the league and then you see the Dallas Cowboys playing someone called Cooper Rush at quarterback. And he passes <laughs> for 325 yards and... Leads the Cowboys to victory. You got Trevor Simeon uh, down in the Saints, who leads the Saints yeah. to victory against yeah. uh, the Buccaneers of all teams. And it's kind of like, well, it does have. It just kind of reminds you when you take yeah. a step back out of the Bengals bubble and say, okay, this thing does happen. It's happened to us, but it's just happened to the Buccaneers, Super Bowl champions. It's just happened uh, to the Vikings. You know what I mean? So um, it does happen. It doesn't make that. Yeah. pill any any easier to swallow but um uh it's uh it, it adds some perspective at least i think as you might have noticed we we don't have any guests tonight uh we don't have much to go we're just going to rant throughout the uh the show because there's a lot of you out there who share our views and 
offer some new ones, which is great. Uh, we'll get to them in a moment. Um, and yet the Bengals are five and three. More perspective yep. for you yep. before we yep. go yep. headlong into it again. Um, more perspective. The Bengals are five and three. They're about where they, I thought they might be or hoped they might be. Um, we're still, you know, in a good position. We're still in amongst the playoff seeds at the moment. Um, you'd have probably taken that after eight weeks, wouldn't you? Oh, 100%. I mean, they're ahead of where I thought they'd be. I mean, I really thought this team was maybe sort of like a seven, eight win team this year. Maybe nine, I thought was probably the ceiling. So for us to be five and three, I think excellent. And I know obviously, yeah, in the NFL, you're only as good as your last game. And I think that certainly feels like the case with that loss against the Jets. But the frustrating thing I, get, I think for me is that I thought after that Ravens game, wow, this is the team we are. And I, I wasn't sure for a while, certainly at the start of the season, I had no idea what sort of team we were going to be how Joe Burrow was going to be, what's Jamar Chase going to be like. I really wasn't sure. And when we beat the Ravens, I thought, Jesus Christ, this team's really, really good. And we've got some serious potential here to go and win, you know, maybe 10 plus games. And against the, then that game against the Jets happens and then it makes you question, doesn't it? It's like, are we that good? Are we, you know, are we, or will we just, would we have a lucky game against the Ravens? They have got a ton of people on IR and, it's hard, isn't it? It's that different one week to the next. You're on the road against the Ravens, who unbelievable, like Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, and that defence and Harbaugh and stuff. And then you, know, you go and play, you drop like you know 34 points to Mike White and 400 yards and 500 yards total. It's a it's a hard one to swallow, I think, um, when it's so different week to week. And you can <laughs> you can see it on Twitter that one week to the next, one week it's like every pundit in the world and fan in the world is proclaiming this and now it's you know get the torches out so it's it's a difficult one to quantify i think and i mean that game against the browns next week is going to be a certainly an interesting one to swallow because that's a big divisional game and obviously mm. big ramifications for the winner yeah no i agree i agree um it was very i thought it was a weird game last night i mean we were leading what 17 17 10 or 17 14 at half time um, and we were getting battered in every offensive uh, category you can think of, time of possession, yeah. passing yards, running yards, everything. We were well behind. And if it wasn't for those two interceptions that Mike White threw, although he didn't really throw them, they were kind of deflected some of them off his own players, uh, I think they might have been out of sight at half time. but we stuck in there, and once again we showed that once we're on it, um, uh, we can just flip the scoreboard really quite scarily easy. You know, great long pass to, to T down inside the red zone. Yep. And suddenly we're 17-7 up with a couple of minutes left. Unfortunately, we let a touchdown in um, in the half. But then, and you, kind of, and you just kind of thought as the game went on, okay, Mike White and the Jets offense are playing this kind of underneath game. We'll just let them have the yards. And, of course, that approach is fine if you're tackling well and not allowing yards after the catch. And I just yeah. and I just kind of thought, OK, Lou, it's time to adjust it now. They're, they're just sort of moving the ball a bit too easily here. They're really seriously racking up some yards. And it's time to, you know, it's time to stop this nonsense now. And it didn't happen. And then you kind of thought, OK, it's the second half now. And the Bengals traditionally this year have been absolutely terrific in the second half. So you thought they'd been in the locker room. 
they've had a bit of a chat. Someone might have planted a well-placed uh, foot into the soft jumble of genitals somewhere, uh, the collective team's genitals, to give them a good G up at half-time. You know what I mean? You kind of thought, right, this is it, second half. We're ahead. We shouldn't be ahead, but we are. And um, it's like, OK, it's still not happening. OK, Lou, it's starting to make some adjustments. They've just gone ahead of us now. Time to make... And they just didn't come. They just yeah. didn't come. And um, and the, the only sort of deep ball that Mike White threw I, from memory, I think it was to um, their rookie wide receiver, um, Elijah Moore. And he was wide open, but he missed by a mile. So if that doesn't give you confidence to kind of blitz a little bit more, push on a little bit more, bring a little bit more pressure yeah, and stack the box a little bit more to stop that sort of underneath stuff, I don't know what, what is really. So and I just kept thinking, okay, yeah, they're going to bring the, they're going to bring the adjustments here. They're going to make some changes. No. Okay. Next series. They're going to, you know what I mean? It just kept carrying on. Um, no, I know. It was so weird. And I, I don't know what happened yesterday. I really don't. I mean, the, the coverage wasn't great on the corners and that's been great all, all series. The, the interior offensive line, I think, you know, that every pretty much every snap that Joe Burrow took in that first half from memory, uh, there was penetration by those that those that Jets front and they were I think the PFF I don't have them in front of me now, but the PFF grades uh, reflect that. Um Williams, Spain and Reef absolutely fine in the seventies, which you would expect because those three are having really good seasons. But then Trey Hopkins is like about 20, you know, on yeah. PFF. Yeah. And, you know, they and Jackson Carmen probably had his worst game as a Bengal. And it was just, it was a collective off day. And I can't quite put my finger on on why. I mean, when, well, you know it's an off day when you see Josh Johnson coming into the game and he's, do you know what I mean? He's getting a couple of passes in for 17 yards as well. I mean, when, when they said Josh Johnson was coming into the game, I was like, no, it can't be the Josh Johnson <laughs> from Hard Knocks in 2013 for the Bengals. I mean, he was done then, let alone now. I mean, he's just outrageous, you know, you see him being trotted out. And the fact that the Jets, you know, passing it through the air, have got 423, I think, yards or something like that, including Josh Johnson. And then they've got over 100, I think, on the ground well, as well. Can, you can count that, that bloody Philly special two-pointer as yeah. well. That was crazy. I was like, oh, no, you know it's not where your day when your opponent brings out the old Philly special. 100%. But, I mean, the one thing I would say, the one thing I would say that I think's not really being talked about enough is the defence was poor. We know that. But if you're the defence, you turn around and saying, look, we forced some good turnovers yesterday. Yeah. You know, that they, they Jesse Bates turns that ball over from, I think they were in field goal range, really he runs it to the one-yard line. He should have really got in, Jesse. He caught just, I think he just sort of ran out of gas at the end there. But, like, gets it to the one and the Bengals don't score any points there. Mm. And like, when it was forced down and they went for it, I thought, you know, I, I completely get this. And there's all this narrative these days around like, oh, you know, you just go for the touchdowns, don't muck about with field goals when, you know, you're down there. And I was sort of like, look, against the Jets, Jets aren't very good. 
you know, just take some points when they're there. And I'm not saying, you know, if it was me there, like in Zach Taylor's role, I really would have had a long think about it. But I, I sometimes just think at the start of games, like when it's sort of back and forth, just take some points when you can get them against a bad team. If you back your defence, you know, against, again, Mike White, you think, hey, we can hold him here. Like just take the points when they're available rather than gambling there, you know, when you don't really need to against a bad team. But I just think the defence did do quite well. They turned the ball over. They gave the offence some good field position. And, I mean, the stats for the offence, I mean, Joe Burrow, 21 of 34 Mm. for 259 yards, three touchdowns. You look at that and you say, yeah, fair enough. Tyler Boyd had 46 yards passing. The rushing game was non-existent. Mm. I mean, that was Mixon was 14 carries for 33 yards, two and a half they yards did, average. They did pick up a bit better in the second half, to be fair. But yes, you're right. I mean, yeah, was... and I mean, the Jets did a really good job. And this is where you look at the Jets' defence. They had about seven or eight tackles for losses. Different people. Sheldon well, Rankins yeah, was all over yeah. the place. Mosley played well. Yeah, the other Michael yeah. Carter had a good, a couple of good tackles. Like they, well, they did they, do a really they, good they... job of just stuffing the Bengals yeah. in that and they, respect they, they couldn't get anything going they played their defence played like us in the past few weeks you know what I mean? yeah. they were getting to the quarterback yeah. they, was, they were absolutely stuffing the run and they had really good coverage for the most part you know as you say yeah. T got yeah. almost T almost had a 100 yard game uh, Tyler Boyd was more involved uh, Chase yeah. had a couple of nice catches, although again he should have had that touchdown on that full. Two drops yesterday by Chase. Yeah, I, mean, I, I know yeah. You, you, it's hard to sort of like knock Chase because he's just been so incredible. But he had another two yesterday, which were just both of them. The first one was just a bit like, oh, it took a bit of a deflection, but straight through his hands, and then that touchdown again. And I mean, you think that that's that's the game. Yeah, you know, he catches that there. We get another seven points on the ball. That drive turned into nothing. You know, that's the difference between a win and a loss. And uh, you don't want to drill it down, you know, just by one play, you know, in the game. But again, it's, you know, that you can't really drop those. It was a great little route. He had a load of room. Good throw by Burrow. Mm-hmm. You know, that's six there. But, yeah, disappointing. I've got those uh, pass blocking grades from PFF. Uh, Journey Williams, 73.8. Quinton Spain, 66.0. So above average for Quinton and you would say good for Jonah. Trey Hopkins, 21.7. Jackson Carmen, before we went out with that injury, we're still not sure how serious that injury is. 40.8. Trey Hill, 5.7. Bloody hell. <laughs> Although, you know, let's be fair, he was on the field that long. Uh, Riley Reeve, 81.1. So that's very wow. good. So well done to, to Riley. Um, yeah, there's real concern, I think, in the uh, interior of that uh, line. Trey had a good game against the Ravens last week. Um he hadn't been playing that well beforehand. Um, Jackson Carr was up and down, but I, I think we all know or can see, I think, that he has talent and he's going to get better as his career goes on. So, you know, I'm, I'm eager to see what he can bring to the table going forward. Let's hope he's not injured uh, too badly. Um, and uh, Paul Dana Jr. Uh, put out some stats today. Missed tackles. Um, by percentage per game. So in against the Vikings win, um, eight missed tackles, so that's 10.3%. The Bears, 11 missed tackles, 17.2%. The Steelers, 11 missed tackles, 13.4%. The Jaguars, 6, uh, 9.8%. The Packers, 13, 171 the Lions, five, only five missed tackles, 8.8%. The Ravens, eight, 12.9%. And the Jets, 15, and that equates to 
17%. Now, I think you can see the three 17 percenters are the three losses. So it's not rocket science to work out that the games that we've m missed, say, I don't know, over 11 tackles, shall we say, um, and around 17% of tackles, we lose the game. And it's kind of inexplicable, but I don't know. It's... Um, it has to be improved. I mean, the question is, I think, that, you know, moving this forward, um, the Bengals could quite easily have won that game yesterday without playing very well, which they often say is the mark of a good team, right? Yeah. A good yep. team uh, occasionally wins ugly. And we found ourselves 31-20 up. and. Yep. I don't think most sane and sensible Bengals fans, I think they would all agree that we perhaps didn't deserve to win that game yesterday. Yeah. But we were certainly heading towards a win. And even when they got the ball back, 34-31 down and um, with about two minutes left on the clock and they stopped them on third down 11, I kind of thought, we can still go and win this game. I was still yep. fairly confident. It's like, okay... Even though we played badly today, um, yeah. we could go down and win. Um, yeah. Were you feeling that way as well? One hundred percent. I wasn't like I couldn't believe they came back into it. To be honest with you, when Burrow like threw that, you know, that sort of pick that flew up in the air and then they scored, I, I was a bit shocked. Yeah. But I honestly wasn't panicked, exactly like you said. Like, I was like, well, it's all right, we're getting the ball back here. Because like, they, they scored you know, more or less straight away from that, which left yeah. quite a lot of time the, on the, the clock. The thing is, and we'll get into this phantom call like, in a minute, but when they stopped her, Mike Hilton makes that yeah. play, and you think, right, it's third and 11, they didn't get anything, we're going to get good field position here. And you just think to yourself, Joe Boy's got the ball, He's got about a minute or so on the clock, minute and a half. All we need is a field goal at least to tie it up. We could easily go and win this and throw a touchdown. Yeah. I was confident. And I thought, you know, you go to overtime, we're the better team, you'd fancy us. And then obviously that outrageous call comes out. Again, we'll talk about it in a minute. And you just think, oh, my God, we've lost this game. Yeah. And it really – I think that's why a lot of fans were so pissed off about it and just felt a bit sort of – shocked by it all because it happened quite quickly it was one play on offense boom you know the field's been turned around 80 yards yeah. and then they score then you think up oh, we get the ball back here oh no first down the timeouts are gone and that's it and it really did just feel like they just completely sort of s stole it from us and i mean we'll go, you talk about that call i mean there's nothing i mean the bengals like you said and you rightly said it they i don't think anyone would sit there and say they deserve to win the game they didn't play well. The Jets played very well and deserved it. And but how many times in, in all sports have we seen a, a, a team yes, almost dominate absolutely. and then the other yeah. team just smashed, somehow stays in the game and yeah. just just like launches a massive smash and grab operation? Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And that is exactly like you said before. It's the mark of a good team if you can do that. And that's something that just worries me about the Bengals and whether you want to talk about the coaching or the players or whatever. These tight games we're not good in. These one-score games at the end where it gets a bit nitty-gritty and it's a bit like who fancies winning it. I just think like against yeah, the Packers. Then again, yeah, but then we, we did it against the Jaguars. 
Yeah, the Jags, though. I mean, the Jags. I know, should, I mean, I you, th- you think how bad the Jags are. The Jags are probably, if not the worst team in the NFL, the second worst. We're at home in that game, and it took us, you know, a last second field goal. I mean, the Jags got absolutely battered yesterday mm. and more or less shut out, apart from a sort of garbage time touchdown against the Seahawks with Geno Smith, who were two and four. And you just think to yourself, like, we should have pummeled the Jags and I know we did get a win in you know in a seven point game against them but that's not saying a lot and I do just think that that's something this team needs to improve on you look back to last year against the Chargers the first game of the season you look back the season before with Zach Taylor in that game against um, the Seahawks in his first game as coach again another grueling like tight loss there's a couple of ties we've had in there that we couldn't get over the line the the Vikings game was a good one that was a good one to win in in overtime against a decent team I know they've only got a couple of wins the Vikings but they're better than that and I I just think that that's where the Bengals have got to just sort of turn that corner in these tight games because these next couple of games coming up are going to be good teams they're not probably going to be games that we're going to hammer them in and we we need to just grind out a couple of dirty wins son do you know what I mean a couple of wins where you don't deserve it and you maybe get a lucky fumble or you just you know a bit of an outrageous Hail Mary or a pick Mm. six or something that just you know, like, like that Green Bay game back in the day where the ball's out and Reggie Nelson's yeah. pounding it down the sideline. You do need a couple of those just for the team to sort of G us up. And there's too many of these games under Zach Taylor, I think, that we have lost that we could easily have won. And ah, yesterday, just such a golden opportunity to go 6-2. and two. And I yeah, think you go 6-2 and two and you, you're 80%. You're 80% in the playoffs if you're 6-2. and two. I just think at that point... You know how many teams that are six and two missed the playoffs? They won't. You won't find many, and I. I think it's a shame there to not get a cheap win against the Jets, which was right there and ready to be taken. Um. Yes. So I mean, let's not go into the call because I think both things can be true. You know, we would have got the. There's no guarantee that we would have marched down the field to get a score if we'd have got the ball back. Quite frankly, but you know, we had a good chance, obviously. Um, and we didn't play well enough to win. So blaming it all on one call, I'm not quite sure about. But it, it can also be true that that one call was the biggest load of bollocks I've seen for a long time on a football pitch. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. no, I agree. I agree. They could be called every play, couldn't they? I yeah. mean, you know, there's guys putting their head. You can't, you can't tackle in the NFL without leaning your head forward. It's impossible. You know, you can't sort of fall backwards and try and tackle. And Mike Hilton is about his head's about ten inches off the ground. He's moving forward. The running back is going down. He knows he's getting tackled. He tilts his body down. They make contact. Neither one of them initiates it. It's just sort of a within the play. And I just think if you're the line just there, he's not knocked him out. The guy was fine. He got straight up. I could. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I thought like something behind the scenes had happened or it was holding or something. I just could not believe that. And I just no one on the pitch is calling for it. So it's not like the Jets players are like you know asking for the flag or the crowd are mm. yelling out for it. It was a really really odd call. He and was, that's he, such that's a crucial, it crucial costs the time game as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, let's not spend. I hate talking about refereeing decisions. It's ridiculous. No, so do I. Because you just exactly like you said, there, there's so many more things in it. But I mean, it. 
I just think when those when it's the games on the line, a few people are saying out there, you know, maybe when you know fifteen yard penalties should be reviewable, or some of these things should be reviewable in the last two minutes. And I don't think anyone wants to see more, you know, VAR styles or video replays and games being decided like that. But when games are decided by phantom calls like that, I think for everyone involved, it's 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 a bit difficult. But we've had them as well. Do you remember that Ben Jarvis Green Ellis touchdown where he was like miles short of the goal line and they gave him in and they reviewed it and gave been. I remember that being a disgraceful mm. call at the time um, back in the day. So it, what goes around comes around, but, uh, you know, obviously a pretty horrible call yesterday. Um, just heard that uh, Jackson Carmen's injury is not severe and he's considered day-to-day, so that's good news Go on, for, boy. for Jackson. Um, a question to move this on yep. and wrap this up, I think. Um is this an anomaly or is this a worrying start of something? I think it's more an anomaly than it is the start of something. I still think we've been pretty darn good this season. Um, I think it's disappointing that we probably, we've not played well against bad teams, I think is the one thing I'd say. You look at that Jags game, we weren't that good in that. We were lucky in that. If the Jags had scored, you know, they the Jags had the ball at the one-yard line. If they'd scored that, they'd have been up by about three touchdowns or something like that. We I don't think we'd have come back from that. We did very well to dodge a bullet in that game on Thursday night. The Bears game was awful, really poor against a bad team. Um, and obviously that Jets game yesterday was poor but yet we've been very good against good teams you know we were good against the Vikings we were absolutely excellent almost a perfect game against the Ravens last week exceptional division we were great against the Steelers who I think are a decent team it's odd it's been a bit of a bizarre one I mean if you said we'd beaten the Steelers on the road the Ravens on the road we'd nearly had the Packers in overtime beat the Vikings in overtime but yet we'd lost to the Jets and we'd lost to the Bears, you know, starting mm. Mike White and Justin Fields, a rookie. I mean, you'd say, well, what, what's happened here? You know, it's a really sort of strange turn of events. But the one thing that is encouraging for the Bengals and I think will really help them, and Marissa Contepelli ha- highlighted this last night on Twitter, is they've got six of the next nine down the stretch or at home. And I think that's going to play into the Bengals' hands. I think that the crowd are going to be there in full force. That's going to help the Bengals. And I think that game yesterday, if it's at home, we absolutely steamroll them. I think the Jets crowd were really into that game yesterday and just gave them that lift. Um, But I certainly think six of nine at home will make it more of an anomaly. And I think... We've got the players there. We're still healthy. You know, eight games in, all of our skill position players are healthy. The big guys on defence that you want are, are healthy. Obviously, we've just had, you know, just heard from you there, son, that Jackson Carmen's okay. He's day-to-day. That's always encouraging. Um, we're in a good spot, I think. I know it's a, a rough loss yesterday, and there'd be a lot of people sick as a dog listening to the podcast, but... The games coming down the stretch are hard, but they're not outrageous. You know, we've not got to play the Cardinals. We've not got to play the Bucks, who I think are the two probably the best teams in the league at the moment. Mm. Uh, We've not got to play the Rams as well. They're they're absolutely outrageous. You wouldn't fancy playing them. I think the NFC is a bit stronger than the AFC. I mean, I don't know. What what, what are you thinking, Sam? You you don't think it's the start of something more sinister, do you? No. I don't think so. And I say that just because if you were to ask me, you know, this isn't a game in the middle of last year's disaster. Do you know what I mean? 
Um, we've just beaten the Ravens, something we, you know, we've been played off the park by the Ravens the past couple of years. Beat the Lions handily, beat the, you know, beat the Vikings, beat the Jets. You know, it's it's in amongst wins. Um, yeah. I think it does show us that we haven't reached that level of consistency that we're looking for yeah. that yeah. perhaps wins championships. However, yes. I think, I think on our day we can beat anyone in the league, and that goes for Arizona, that goes for the Rams, that goes for, although they've just traded for Von Miller, so you know, good luck yeah. everyone with that. I certainly think we can beat anyone in the AFC on our day, but now the challenge is to play every game with the same intensity like we played the Ravens, and they didn't quite. I mean, they scored thirty-one points. Yep. yesterday and that generally should be enough to win you a football game uh, yep. but the difference is this time they didn't have I mean they've been playing great complementary football right the defense has been holding strong in the first half when the offense have, has sort of taken its time to get going second half the offense has come out to play so it's all kind of fitted out really nice fitted together really really nicely so far but yesterday, even though the offense wasn't great, they did score 31 points. But the difference yesterday was that the defense wasn't there to kind of bail them out. So their complementary yeah. football wasn't great yesterday. Uh, and I think that's probably why we lost. And, you know, you can include the the coaches and the defensive approach yesterday. You know, that all goes into the mix. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the challenge is now to treat, it's again, a bit of a cliche, to play every game like a cup final. And... You know, reach that intensity because, as you say, there's some big ones coming up, but there's also some winnable. You look at the charges. A couple of weeks ago, I think we would have been crapping ourselves a little bit. Yeah, exciting. Yeah. It's an exciting game, but you've got to say maybe the charges are a better team than us, perhaps. But now they've fallen off the last couple of weeks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. maybe they're not quite as good as maybe they've been worked out a little bit. Um, I do hope that we haven't been worked out, but I think. I do think yesterday was a a bit of an outlier game because we had a specific game plan for a specific player in Mike White and it I mean it worked not at all but I don't think that would be our regular approach in regular games do you know what I mean yeah um, yeah so a lot of people kind of saying oh my god oh, I hope you know the Browns don't watch that tape from yesterday and all this and all that I don't think we'll set up the same way like we did no. against the Jets, against the Browns. So, no, I don't think it's an anomaly, but the challenge is now is to is to be get back to that consistent complementary football and that level of intensity. If we can get anywhere near that, then, you know, we're five and three. Who Who says we can't finish with 10 wins, you know? So it's not all doom and gloom. It was a shocker yesterday, yeah. but... I hope that's given them a massive kick up the arse and um, they don't repeat it. Yeah, I think the big thing is, like you said, five and three is the really strong thing. And I think as much as it is a bad loss yesterday, everyone would have taken being five and three with two wins against the Ravens and the Steelers at this point. Every single fan. No one expected much better than this. I think even the most optimistic of fans wouldn't have said we'd win more than 10 games. We're absolutely on our way to win 10 games. You know, you've got nine left. you already got five wins. If you get nine, you go nine and eight with a 17-game schedule, mm. I think you'll have a fairly good chance of getting in. Um, the tricky thing for us, and it can work in our favour and it can work against us, is the AFC North is outrageously tight. Mm. I mean, the Browns are bottom of the division at four and four, and we're playing them next. And you think if they 
they'd be asked is that you know depending on our results go the other way we could go to being bottom of the division or joint bottom at five and four which is you know slightly outrageous and the AFC is not massively competitive i mean the afc south is an absolute shit show the jags and the texans are miles out of contention the colts are three and five so you probably don't have to worry about them the jets and the dolphins aren't going to cause anyone any problems so i don't think you have to worry about them patriots look a little bit tricky like mac jones is playing well you obviously it's bill belichick you know you've got to have a look at them and then it's the AFC West's a bit of a mess. As well. I don't know, it's a bit of a funny one. Isn't it? The Raiders without Gruden, mm. they, you know, interim head coach. They're Chargers playing well, a bit, you know. Playing well, we've got them in two weeks. That'll be a cracker. Obviously, the Chargers, like you were saying earlier, they're good on paper, but they're, they're a bit shaky at the moment. The Broncos, I don't think are that good. They've just lost Von Miller as well. I mean, you've got to fancy yourself against them if they get do anything. Then it's the Chiefs. And obviously, the Chiefs are playing tonight. Again, on paper, that offense is outrageous. Hill, Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. But then you've got that defense looks a bit ropey, son, doesn't it? So mm. it's up very open. I mean, we could, you know, we could easily win the division. We could easily finish bottom of this division. It's going to be really tight, the AFC North. And I think those two wins in the division against the Ravens and the Steelers are going to serve us well. And, you know, if we can beat the Browns and go 3-0, and in the division, core blimey, you know, you'd be in a good position. So as much as we're sort of licking our wounds at the moment, you go in there and you beat the Browns at home, six and three, they're four and five. Core, core. It's all to play for. It's um, all to play for, son. Uh, right, let's get to um, our parish notice board. Yes, we do have some news and um, uh, it's all about the meetup. We're going to have a meetup at the end of November, November the 28th, Sunday, November the 28th, in Sheffield at the Red Deer pub, upstairs at the Red Deer. Uh, 5.30, doors open and uh, we will be watching the, uh, as we mentioned, the, the Bengals versus the Steelers, the return game of the Steelers, uh, this time at home. Crucial game in the AFC North. So do come. Uh, I think uh, hopefully everybody saw the photographs from our recent meetup in London and how much fun everyone had. And they are really great because sitting in a room full of Bengals fans cheering and sharing the pain uh, is uh, is quite something, really. So do come Sunday, November the 28th at the Red Deer pub uh, in Sheffield. Um, also another bit of news, um, we're putting together... Uh, our second issue, issue two of You Don't Live in Cleveland, our fanzine. And uh, good old Dastardly Duncan is putting that together and he's he's feverishly working as an old-fashioned typewriter uh, at the moment and putting that together. But he's still on the lookout for submissions. So do get in touch with at Bengals Fanzine on Twitter and uh, have a chat with Duncan if you fancy write some poetry or some funny new stories or you've got a feature about football that you'd like to write uh, maybe you've got some photographs that you'd like to share not those kind of photographs but some photographs uh, whatever you want it's all in play so if you have any idea uh, any ideas I should say um, do get in touch with Duncan the uh, deadline is the end of this week uh, the 4th of November so if you want to contribute something you can get in touch with Duncan at Bengals fanzine on Twitter uh, or you can email him um, Bengals fanzine at gmail.com of course sadly this is only for UK 
uh, fans only um, although you can get in touch with Duncan if you live in the States for a copy and they're really cool they're kind of individually numbered they're quite nicely put together and uh, but uh, it's just a way for uh, another platform for people to share their views and all that kind of good stuff so yes uh, at uh, Bengals Fanzine Bengals Fanzine at gmail.com uh, if you've got any ideas or anything that you'd like to write or even if you if you draw you know you want to draw something anything that you want that would look good in a fanzine then get to, in touch with Duncan right it's time for our correspondence and you better believe there's some angry people out there so you're ready Nathan well, I'm always ready for the back there <laughs> uh, Phil Hatton at Bengal Blue Boy Solid handle. Score 31 and you should be winning, especially with a top 10 D. Lou in the D had a bad day. Got to get it right quick. Oh, and the players should be dictating the end of the game, not the refs. Here, here. Um, Gaz Proc at Gary Proctor 5. They played harder and wanted it more than we did. Simple as that in my eyes. There you go. There's those phrases again. <laughs> Sorry, Gary. but Aurelius FC. Aurelius FC. Um... Just didn't play well as a unit at the same time. New QB, third road game, team that got embarrassed by a rival the week before. Great game plan from the Jets as well. Although we lost a good game to have before the Browns, who will play in a similar way. Who day? Sam Reeve at Johnny Prong. Um, despite starting flat, as Mixon put it, still managed 31 on the road and probably should have held out in the fourth, being two scores up with better game management. Uh, Jets battled hard and got the break at the end. Move on and beat the Browns. Here, here. Uh, De German Tiger at De German Tiger. Solid uh, handle. See, so you need to learn the German for solid handle. So, if anybody from Germany, I know people listen to us in Germany. Uh, guten Tag to all our people in Germany. What is solid handle in German? That's what I want to know. And if, we, if you tell us, I promise you, Nathan. I'm promising on his behalf. Nathan will will do a few German solid handles next week, won't you, Nathan? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, the German Tiger says um, defense wasn't prepared and didn't tackle well. Offense started slow and the interception broke it. Succinct, you see. That's what I like about the Germans. Succinct. Um, Sean at Disciple of Ange. Uh, I don't know if that's a shocking end or a solid end. You've given it. it you've given it several shocking, uh, solid handles before in the past. You have. Um, oh, it's a, bit of a funny one, isn't it? I don't. Know, it could be a shocking handle as well. Okay. I'll let it go. With nothing today. Okay. Sean says when I put out the question on Twitter, what went wrong yesterday? Sean says everything. So there we go. Fair enough. BB Bengals Bluebird. Um, Solid handle. Defence was woeful. Enough said. I said very succinct. These opinions. I like that. Andy Bennett at Bennett Carew. Um, Joe seemed to want to force the ball to receivers. Carter made hay once the secondary dithered. Then when the white, well, the white. I like that. The white started to throw it around more than they seemed to be in no man's land. A deserved win for the Jets. Sadly. Um, I quite like calling Mike White the White. Makes him sound a little bit more threatening than just Mike White, really, doesn't it? Um, Northern Bengal at Bengal Stewart. My biggest fear, have the Jets exposed our defence? Those short passes worked yesterday. We asked a rookie QB to beat us throwing, and he did. I think we've discussed that, haven't we? Um, uh, Matthew, our f- Matt, 
Uh, feared it would happen after the way we took the Razor apart. Just abysmal. Get home, watch film, and come up with something better to take on Cleveland. Ken Davis, Ken Davis. Three things for me. Defensive game plan was poor. We knew all week the few offensive options the, D- the Jets had, then played like it was a surprise. The O-line had a really poor game, so we had no run game, and our attitude was wrong. We thought we just needed to turn up and collect the W. Um, Mars at Mars 92 says it's a dreadful performance from the defence. Um, never predicting a win for us ever again. <laughs> Only two expected us to win. We've lost. So many people, including us, expected the Bengals to win yesterday, didn't, didn't they? <laughs> and then, uh, all eating lots of humble pie today. Um, Jamie at Trequite Beast are glad to have Bengals group therapy back after <laughs> after too long. Pleased to be of service. Uh, the defensive scheme was an utter shambles yesterday. Perhaps people pointing at things elsewhere, but that is the main reason we lost. Kept getting murdered on generous zones. Uh, sometimes you have weeks when the players don't quite turn up. That's when the scheme becomes important. But when the players don't play and coaches don't coach, you get a complete mess. There you go. Richard Dixon at Lord Rixendale. Solid handle. Uh, hugely disappointed. You sound like you've got asthma when you do that, that breathy. <laughs> so you're right. <laughs> uh, well. Hugely disappointing result, but let's not lose sight of the fact that we'd have taken two out of three wins during this road game stretch. Fingers crossed it's just a blip. And we give the Browns a damn good thrashing next week. Indeed, Lord. Um... Andrew Townsend, Andrew Townsend too. Hopefully this is the game that knocks any kind of complacency out of the team. We would have been thumped by a better team. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, And indeed, you don't live in Cleveland at Bengals fanzine. Duncan says, he's replying under the... He's not doing a dastardly Duncan. Slow start again, he says. Has me wondering if our scripted plays to begin a game needs a total revamp. That's a really good point because we haven't started off games really very well on offense at all have we no it's a very good point and they made a big point about that yesterday for the jets about how you know they had sort of 15 or so plays scripted and that's how you sort of kick a game off or whatever else and we have struggled at the the start of games we've been very good at the end of halves and the beginning of the second half they were talking about that yesterday but certainly the opening of games it's been a bit questionable and i don't know what that comes down to really is it the play calling is it just the bengals are slow to get off i you know it does it mean nothing is it just a coincidence there's mm-hmm. so many stats and observations in the nfl and sometimes i think you can get look into them a bit too much and there's nothing to be found there it just you know, it is what it is, but certainly that needs to be something that we work on in the next game or so. And one thing I would say, like just leading on from that, is I think the bye week's going to come at a good time for the Bengals. Yeah, I think yeah. whatever happens against the Browns, if you beat them and you're six and three, you're going to feel very good about it. Three and zero in the division, get a week to rest your players up for a big game against the Raiders. And I think if you lose it against the Browns, you've lost two in a row. 
the, the correspondence will be beautiful next week after two straight losses going into a bye. But, you know, it gives the Bengals some time to recuperate, iron out the flaws. And then again, you, you get a nice break before you go in and play the Raiders um, on the road in on the West Coast with a bit of time difference. So mm-hmm. I think it's a, a nice sort of mid-season. You know, you've got nine games, then a bye, and then eight more after that. It's nicely positioned, the bye, I think. Um, and again, we're healthy. So if anyone is playing with about mix and maybe playing, you know, maybe not a hundred percent after he's not the week before Joe boy took some awful shots yesterday as well. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of shots he took yesterday where I was like, cool. And he was, he was sort of on his knee when he, for a minute, and then he sort of got up and shook himself down and he was okay. But I'm sure he'll be looking forward to the bye to have a week to rest his knee up and get himself back. He there, I still think at times he's not moving as, as nicely as you'd want or as, as freely as you want. I think he'll really enjoy a week to, you know, especially if I, after facing Miles Garrett next week, he might need that week. So, yeah, yes, good, good time for that buy. Stuart Davis at Stu Davis. Like it or not, but this is really interesting, actually. Like it or not, but Burrow has cost us the three games we've lost with late interceptions the opposition have taken advantage of. We can always expect our defence to go missing in games, but we can't give cheap points away like that uh, and end up costing us victory. I mean, I think that's a little bit harsh, but... It's it's sort of true-ish as well, isn't it? Oh, 100%. I mean, it was a terrible pick yesterday at a really bad time. And I mean, you know, obviously the guy gets to him and it pops up in the air and stuff. But, you know, that's that's where you, if you're an offense and you're going out onto the pitch and they've just scored, you just say, look, we can't turn the ball over here. At least force them to go down the field and beat us like that. Don't give it away with a really quick cheap pick and flip the field on its head and obviously the Green Bay game I mean I know we got I know Crosby missed that kick and then we got another chance and they got another chance and it went back and forth but that was an absolutely awful throw Mm. in that Green Bay game that cost us there and I think you know there is some points there he has had some bad throws he has thrown a few picks and stuff like that I mean he's been brilliant as well I mean there's some great throws yesterday and his, his stats are excellent but yeah, you can't. He can't be immune from criticism. There have been some some bad throws at some big moments, and we we're talking at the start of the podcast about the Bengals and these one score games and these, you know, when it matters most. And that, you know, we have got to be a bit sharper in those situations. I think. Odat at DZE, um, a result I would have expected last season, but is an outlier in the context of this season so far. So I'm not panicking yet. Salah was a defensive coach versus Zach for two years at the 49ers and had a very well-prepared plan. Yesterday, Brown Steelers now makes for a very tight division for the rest of the year indeed. Andrew Dockerell at Dockers 77 ranted last night and this morning, still fuming. Zero passes over 10 air yards, 250-plus to running backs. I get the initial uh, approach to make the white throw up and down the field but where was the adaption the third and 11 where the running back jogged a dump off for the for a first down was a joke it's not wrong not wrong uh dreams of witness at d witness sorry to say i know he's a bit of a fan favorite but trey hopkins has been a liability this season apart from last week we need to upgrade that position as a matter of urgency the loss isn't on him naturally but it is an ongoing concern. And Son, I've got a question for you. Can I ask go a on. question? So 
there's rumours of the trade deadline. Obviously, Jimmy there's talking about, you know, Trey Hopkins' interior line being a potential area of, to upgrade. Would you be making any trades? And do you think there will be any trades? Uh, the obvious positions are pass rusher. Yep. And and an interior offensive lineman. Um, yep. Whether they will or not is another question. You know, I mean, their tradition. I know they traded Dunlap last year, but that was, I think, that was an extreme circumstance. Really, they're not normally known for it. However, they weren't. They do though. They, that BJ Hill one. They do. They. they, they yeah, but I'm talking about trade press. deadline. Trade deadline here. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but they're not. They weren't previously known for spending two hundred million dollars. Two hundred million dollars on <laughs> on on uh, free agents were they? So I would say no, but it wouldn't surprise me if they had a little tickle. But it just depends who's out there, really. That's some talk yeah. about Ogba. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah. Derek Barnett from the Eagles, maybe. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. I mean, Paul Daniel mentioned one of his tweets today. Why? Why? You know, they're just not using Darius Phillips or Darius Phillips. And um, why not get a shot of him? He could do a job for someone somewhere. We could get something in return. Um, but that would obviously be bad for us because we couldn't play Diddy Darius anymore. Um, <laughs> so I'd rather the Bengals kept him just for that reason <laughs> alone, basically. It's an interesting one for the Bengals, isn't it? Because it's a bit like baseball now, isn't it? A bit more in the NFL where you see teams that have got a chance basically going to teams that haven't and just pillaging them for their best players and sort of going all in on it. And the Rams are outrageous. I mean, they they really do run every season like it's their last and they just go out is there. That, is that so a good I'm, thing, though? Is that a good approach, do you think? Or well, you... I mean, they made the Super Bowl a year ago. They looked like the best team in the league this time around. I mean, they've really gone out of the way and got some outrageous names in there. I mean, they've got Matt Stafford, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They went out and got him in a trade and were aggressive doing that. They got Jalen Ramsey, possibly the best corner in the league. They went out and got him. They've obviously just gone and got, you know, Von Miller, outrageous defensive talent, you know, maybe not as good as he was, but still an impact player that to just make them even better. And they just treat every single year. Like my wife's dad, or my father-in-law, or should I say a bit quicker, <laughs> yeah. um, he's a big Rams fan. And I always talk to him about it. And he's just, we both say they just, every year, the organization, like we're going to, they're not even fussed about the draft as much. They're like, we're just going to go out there and acquire the best talent and try and win it now. Mm. There's no sort of thoughts of, or maybe next year, or what about in two years if everything comes or together? building it's just, slowly. It's all about now. Exactly. And, yeah. and that's why I think the Bengals are in a bit of an interesting spot because do you go out there and give up a fourth or fifth round pick for someone like Ogba from the Dolphins and then you sort of get a bit of help in there and it maybe makes a shot slightly better on defence or you go out there and find a guard or a centre or someone that's going to come in and make that offensive line just tick a little bit better. But then what, in the draft this year round, we're down a pick or two, you know, this team probably, I don't think anyone really expected us to be that good this year. I mean, we've been awful for two years. You kind of thought, look, if we can at least be competitive here and win eight, nine, you know, God forbid, 10 games, that's going to be a really good position for us. But I don't think, even though you said earlier, we could beat any team on our day. And I do agree with that. I just don't think we've got the experience or the, to be honest with you, the quality to win two or three big games in the playoffs in a row. I, I, I wouldn't put it past I, us. Making, I don't know. Say I, again? I, I don't know. I think we could. 
Um, you, you reckon we seriously get in the playoffs and then go on a run and like we turn over the Titans? You reckon we could yeah. then, after beating the Titans, we'd yeah, go to Baltimore yeah, yeah. and beat them? And then after that, we could beat the Chiefs in the AFC title? You yeah, really think we yeah. could... I do, and it's just because of Burrow. I think it's just because yeah. of Burrow. He's got yeah, ice in those like... veins, Nathan. He's got ice in those veins. No, it's true. And it, I mean, he is a bit of a rare talent like that, where you do feel like he might play his best football when it matters. Um, but I, I don't think... Uh, I sometimes think the Bengals are too conservative with trying to win next year and always right, like, right. moving the salary cap along and playing it a bit sort of close to their chest and are you keeping enough money there and never trading up and never really being aggressive enough to win now. But I also don't think if you're going to do that, it's this year. I think next year feels like the year where, you know, Jamar Chase will have a year under his belt. Burrow began into his third year. There hopefully won't be any questions about his knee there. He'll be fully back to a hundred percent. You've got none of the guys that you've got Trey Hendrickson signed through a couple of those corners you'd like to retain. But I mean, we've got a lot of salary cap room. You hopefully keep Jesse Bates either by the franchise tag or you sign him to a long-term deal. Um, Burrow's still in his rookie contract. Next year for me would be the year. If, if you're at the trade deadline and you're six and two that time round, I'd put the house in you know yeah, i'd go yeah. out there wielding second round picks first round picks and you know i'd be shopping them everywhere all over the shop i'd be you know doing whatever it took but i don't know if it's the right time this year i'd still think we need our draft capital get a couple of young mm-hmm. guys in and keep building for the future because you've got a great nucleus and i just don't think this year is the year son as much as as much as i can see the talent there i'm just not sure i want to be giving up third fourth fifth round picks you know yeah well, you look at the Rams because uh, they really don't like drafting people, as it seems. And then next year's draft picks are round one, they traded that to the Lions. Round two, they traded that to the Broncos. Round three, they traded that to the Broncos, where yeah. they still own a compensatory pick. Round four, they traded that to the Texans. Round five will be the first uh, time um, they'll be selecting someone. Round six, they traded to the Patriots. Uh, wow. Round seven, they've got their own draft pick and a Dolphins pick. So they're only picking three, uh, three players in next next year's draft. So you know, and yet they're one of the best teams in the league. So it, it, I think it's it's almost too much to get into at the moment, isn't it? Because it's like uh, it's a whole philosophical discussion. Do you know, do you draft and develop, or do you just say? sod it let's just go for broke every single year let's yeah let's just fly so close to the edge of the cap which a lot of people argue that is just not really a thing it's there to be manipulated and um, yeah which it is basically um you know do you just do you just absolutely go for it and and just acquire all this talent in the hope that it all comes together i mean the Rams will be disappointed if they don't get to the Super Bowl this year. But then again, oh, yeah. you look at Arizona, they they stocked up on not necessarily uh, trade picks, but um, they bought in um, J.J. Watt, didn't they? They bought in A.J. Green. They're both having good seasons. Although Zach Ertz J. as well, didn't they? Zach Ertz, that's right. Ago, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and that's proving to be... Um, but then that's mixed in with the likes of Kyler Murray, and uh, and all the existing players like Chandler Jones, you know, it was already a half decent team. 
in the making. So I don't know. There's a so whole I've, philosophical. I've got philosophical. an outrageous trade proposal for. Right? I, want to, I, I was thinking about this last night. Well, I was. I couldn't sleep last night. I, was, I just don't know what. Probably the Bengals played into it. But I was thinking in my head about trades, right? And I want yeah. to hear you what you do here, right? <laughs> right. We send the Vikings T Higgins. Yeah. And a, probably a second round, maybe first round pick for, for Justin Jefferson. What are you saying? Um, I'd say no. Are, you reckon? Just because I think T T is a very similar player. Um, I get what I mean. That would be to have that LSU <laughs> receiving core and quarterback on the Bengals. That would be quite something, wouldn't it? But um, I mean, it would just be the best one-two in the league with Chase and Jefferson. I don't think anyone would really argue about that. You know, you're going all in because, you know, there's no doubt that I like T. Higgins. He's a good player. had a good game yesterday. But Jefferson, he's a better player than him. He had a fantastic year last year. The Vikings aren't playing well this year. They're, you know, I'm not sure they would take it, to be honest. But, I mean, you're still offering them a very good receiver in T. Higgins. They're getting a first or a second round pick out of it for next year. I re- Mike Zimmer might well be out of Minnesota and they could use it. All right, here's a but trade. Here's a trade. Would you trade, then, Lou Anarumu? For Mike Zimmer. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> now that's more of a trade. I would, I would, I would I'd fly Mike Zimmer on a jet over here. I'd love Mike Zimmer back. I really would. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, right, should we just mention the Browns quickly? First, first thoughts about that. Opening thoughts. <sighs> Tough one. I don't like. I don't like our chances. You know. I mean, I I don't think the Browns are very good. And Mayfield's obviously got a few knocks, hasn't he? Um, Oh, I don't know. (laughs) You go first, Sam. I'm going to say home win. Um, I think we we get a reaction. I do. I think it's going to be tight. Um, My only worry is that Baker Mayfield tends to play up when he plays us. Yeah, uh, he's got a really good record against us, and he plays really well. Uh, but we're a better team than we have been the last couple of years. Um, we've got to get some pressure on him. We've got to make sure uh, that we seal those uh, edges, and we've somehow got to stop uh, old Chubbers. And uh, if he's back, um, what's his name? The other one, Kareem Hunt, and yeah. if not Kareem Hunt, De Ernest Johnson. Uh, another that should be in the name game, really, shouldn't it? Um, and then, you know, I don't think their receivers are as good as all that. Not the top line ones. I mean, they're still solid. Uh-huh. Like Beckham's not as good as he was. Jarvis Lander is always going to be solid. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones is having an okay year, and Rashad Higgins is a good player. They they've hurt us in the past. I mean, they've got weapons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. I mean, they're a good team, but they just seem a little bit off at the moment. And um, I think there might be a reaction from us with a big crowd in. Uh, I think it'll be a good game again. I think if if they can just limit some of the pressure from Miles Garrett, easier said than done because yeah, he's an absolute yeah, yeah. colossus, isn't he, at the moment? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we've got a chance. So I'm going to go home win, but I wouldn't be surprised. if it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a coin toss game isn't it really 
Battle of Ohio, divisional games, they're always tight, aren't they? And uh, the Browns haven't looked great, have they? I mean, you know, some of their wins this year, they beat the Bears, they beat the Texans. It's not much really to shout about. They just about beat the Vikings. Oh, I mean, I on paper, I think we should win. And it would be a massive win. I mean, it really would. To be 3-0 and in the division going into the bye and 6-3 and would be phenomenal. I think every Bengals fan would be absolutely like a few pints oh, yeah. deep celebrating that i mean that would be absolutely phenomenal i think the crowd's a big factor i really think the bengals could use a home game um i think it's a coin toss i think if we lost it'd be a real disappointment because i think going into that bye week and just sort of festering on two losses i mean it's a good excuse to get yourself back in there and you know get things right and get ready for that raiders game which is going to be a big game on the road um Oh, oh, they're always big games. You get me excited, son. It's know, nothing worse. When, when you play a game against the Jets and you lose and you've got that real anger in you and you're annoyed and you really just want to sort of, you know, you, all you want to do is put it right. You know, you want another game, don't you? You want to yeah. see the Bengals, like, you know, get a win. And I think there's no better feeling than if we can get a division win against, against the Browns at home. I can't stand Baker Mayfield. I'd love to stick a win on him. Um, and I think in a tight division, these these divisional games, yeah, you know, this could come down at the end of the season. To who's got the you know all these mathematics around who mm. gets in the playoffs and who the seedings and stuff. The, the divisional wins always play a big factor. Your AFC wins, all the rest of it. So, you know, it's a it's a, it really is. Not only is it a big game, obviously, just in terms of the standings, but in terms of those like tiebreakers and stuff at the end, it's always a big factor. So, toss of a coin, I think. Uh, latest from the Lou Anarumu uh, press conference, he says the linebacker drops were too deep, giving good athletes too much space to do damage. Simple correction that was evident from his study of Sunday film. I'm sorry, Lou, but that was evident to every single fan that was watching the game on Sunday, not film after the game. Anyway, let's not end on a sour note. Okay, well, uh, we'll be back next week after the uh, Browns game to go through everything. Let's hope it's uh, a much better performance and an even better result. Uh, as I say, we're 5-3, and three, so we are having a good season. Let's hope this uh, game against the Jets is just a bump in the road and we can carry on serenely down the avenue towards the playoffs. Um, and, of course, don't forget we've got our online tailgate on Sunday still not quite sure what time it will be I'm not sure whether the US will have caught up in terms of putting their clocks um, they have they have ne- when it'll be the next game next week's at 6 there's only ever one oh, or five. Okay. right okay so it'll be back at 4.30 next week uh, UK time 11.30 uh, US time but until next week on the podcast I'm going to say It's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys.